0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Ghost Notes and Friends, the podcast where we look at music inside and out with friends. My name's Noah, you might know me as Polyphonic.
1: And I'm Corey, and you probably know me as 12-Tone, and today we're joined by one of my favorite people in music theory YouTube. Do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Hey guys, so nice to be here. I'm Amy Nolte, and my channel is just called Amy Nolte Music.
1: Cool. Uh, So before we get into sort of the main discussion topic, do you want to talk a little bit about like what you do on your channel?
2: Yeah, absolutely. My channel is just basically an excuse for me to talk and teach, I guess, about anything that strikes me as interesting in in the music world. It could be I could be talking about, you know, altered dominant chords and extensions <laughs> and and crazy, you know, harmony or or rhythm, but also I could just be talking about like like I did in a couple of videos ago, just about how I'm fascinated that Michael McDonald's voice was all over the pop radio yes. in the 70s and <laughs> 80s like just anything because I love all things about music so I just I, I cover a lot of
0: stuff really that yeah. video was that video was fantastic by the way I, I recommend anyone listening to go check that out <laughs> and yeah I mean I feel like it, you're uh you're an interesting bridge because you kind of cover I, I feel like Corey and I are kind of two sides of a coin and you cover both where you do to some degree I do some theory stuff and to some degree Corey does you know cultural stuff but not not as much. I really appreciate that you you kind of are able to look at both indiscriminately, right? And just whatever's interesting about music.
2: Yeah, the only like qualifier is that it just has to be really interesting to me. That's it. Like as long yeah. as I'm passionate about it, I'm just going to make the video. And maybe that maybe that hurts my channel. I don't really know, but um yeah. but that's how I keep going, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I think with a lot of this stuff like the key driver for a lot of YouTube success in my experience is just liking and caring about what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And so if you got broad interest, you're going to have a broad ranging channel.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's true. And sometimes my viewers are, you know, you can tell they're just the jazz people, but, and then yeah. it'll take like five or six days for a video like that Michael McDonald one or my Paul McCartney one to take off. But then, then it does bring me other viewers, which is nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you also do like performance stuff as well, which is something that I like I don't personally do a lot of uh, my stuff so like at least you have have done like tutorials and things as well on like how to play or how to approach as a performer how to I am losing track of the sentence but do you know what I mean?
2: I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Th- those those do early on in my channel I think those kind of helped me take off but I I yeah. have a different have a different approach to that than a lot of tutorial channels and I think it makes people mad at me sometimes too because (laughs) what I won't do is have you know the software where where my keys light up and you can see every note I'm playing I don't want to teach like I don't want to I don't want to catch a fish for you I want to teach you to fish yourself you know so yeah I think
1: and I think that's like a really good approach to this sort of stuff anyway. Like I not, not that there's nothing, not that there's a problem with like showing people how to play a specific song or whatever, but like, if I want to learn to play piano, I don't want to learn to play, you know, separate ways on piano. I want to learn to play the instrument.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So think, yeah. Yeah.
1: Although, you know, separate ways is a banger. So
2: <laughs> We're talking and- about Phil Collins. Is that right?
1: <laughs> I was talking about Journey, but. Uh, oh,
2: Journey, that's right. What am I thinking? I was thinking separate lives.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I thought you were really going deep into Phil Collins right
0: there. <laughs> when I think of Corey, I think of Phil Collins' deep
1: cuts. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, that is my bread and butter.
2: <laughs> ah, that's a...
0: So do you want to introduce the topic that you um, suggested we talk about today?
2: Yeah, why not? We're actually—I mean—we're kind of touching on <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, Co- Corey just asked me about my—you <laughs> know—my performance aspect to my channel, and honestly, this is just something that I've—I've I've kind of always wanted to make a video about. But every time I think about making the video, I think, "Oh no, I can't do this in a way that that people will like it. I can't. I don't think yeah. I can explain myself well enough. I think people will think I'm complaining." So, anyway, my topic is the breakdown versus the making of it's my frustration yeah. with the fact that all people want to see me do is tell them about something that already exists that they know and and you know break it down. They they want to learn how to whatever, how to play separate ways or separate lives, either one. (laughs) Right. And they, (laughs) they know it already. They want me to break it down, show them how to do it, teach them something. And, and so my frustration is that that was never, that that was never who I wanted to be in music. I, I I like to perform. I like to write. Um, I like to arrange and I like to gig. So when I show those things on my channel, they just tank. Like nobody wants to see me singing and playing. They just don't. And so that's been so frustrating. They don't want to see me my writing process or or my arranging process. None of that. It's just all about things that already exist that they know about. Can I break it down?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that ties into a similar frustration that I have, uh, which is that, you know, even though like I'm not making as much music on my channel or like in my life as you are, when I'm breaking stuff down, I also like I still can't break down stuff that people don't know. Right. Like this is, I think people will tend to think of us in some, and we like to think of ourselves sometimes as tastemakers where I can get out there and show you this really cool song you've never heard of. But like, you know, regular listeners of Ghost Notes will know that I'm a huge fan of Jackson Brown. (laughs) I've never made a Jackson Brown video, even though like he's not an unknown artist Yeah, because I just know that that video won't perform. Mm. Like if I did a video on Free Fallen. Right Like I know that Free Fall will get like a lot more clicks than anything Jackson Brown has ever done, and like this is my job. and so I do that. And so it's similarly, like that it, it ties into, I think what what you were saying about how people want to see videos about things they know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like I think that people seeking out information about stuff they love, so that they can understand and appreciate it more deeply, I think that's great. Yeah. But it's definitely, as a creator, from this side of things, there's definitely a lot of things that I want to share that I don't feel like I can share on that platform
2: Mm -hmm. in
1: ways
0: that, you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to hear what you have to say about Jackson Brown, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To become a bit of a cliche, I don't want to get too big into this because YouTubers complaining about the algorithm is, um, oh yeah, y- you know, <laughs> but, but fundamentally, I do think that that's that is one aspect of the issue is the fact that like, how do I phrase this? Like a lot of people go to YouTube for comfort watching for something that yeah. is <laughs> nice and easy and breezy and you can watch while you, you know, eat your lunch or something like that and not really have to think about it that much. But I think that's... It's weird because I think to be able to create that kind of content, to be able to create stuff that is breezy in a good, interesting, educational way, you need to have a certain level of skill set and knowledge. And that skill set and knowledge, I feel like for a lot of creators, I don't think it automatically does this, but I think it really makes you a lot more likely to want to look at this stuff more in depth you know like yeah. i i feel like when I started my channel, I was doing kind of simple explainers and breakdowns. And that was, at that point, kind of the level of musical analysis that I was at. But in doing that, I've gotten a lot better at musical analysis. I've gotten to a lot more interested 100% in same, at yeah. looking at cultural trends, you know, questioning, you know, subverting narratives, questioning why we say these things we do about music. But my audience was still pulled along from this time where kind of the stuff that I was capable of was kind of simple explainer stuff.
2: That's true. It makes me think about, well, the reason I started YouTube was because I I had met Rick Beato and he had just started a channel and and he told me that I should start one too. I tried like, and and my first videos were all my... My performances, my my covers, my arrangements, because I I was like I can do that. If I can make a bunch of videos, just you know, just yeah. playing, singing, whatever. Um, but those videos didn't do well. And so Rick said to me, Amy, why don't you start teaching things? Yeah. And then those videos did do well. And I think we can also like we can also look at Rick's channel because he at first was a very music theory based channel, you know, with the whiteboard and the you know, yep. all of the modes and... and um
1: Like doing a yeah, half hour videos on modes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: right. But his videos didn't take off until he started with the what makes this song great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had the exact same... Like, because if you look back at my early videos, what I was doing, like, really early was undergrad theory tutorials because that's what I knew. And mm. then I started teaching myself more and more esoteric theory. And then at some point, I started doing song analyses as well. And... I say as well, I think I I was ahead of Rick on that, but not by much. I think he and I started doing that at around the same time. Yeah. It was less than six months after I started doing that. After like a year and a half of doing the channel without them, I did like six months. Not even that. I think it was like four months after I started doing them. And one of my videos suddenly went, you know, super viral for me at the time and got like hundreds of thousands of views. And suddenly it was like, oh, dang, now I can do this as a thing. And that's to this day, I think that's, I've gotten better at doing the other stuff in ways that are still interesting and still draw views but mm-hmm. it's still like the anchor my bread and butter the thing that like attracts new viewers are these song analyses and like i, I want to like i don't know how you guys feel about this but i i don't want to complain about that too much because i do genuinely enjoy making those videos right mm-hmm. like i find them satisfying like, i do find myself restricted in the sorts of songs i can analyze but like I am still picking songs that I like. I'm just picking them from a subset of things that I feel like I can talk about. And, th- and that results in a non-representative sample of the things I like. And I think that if someone were to go through the songs I've analyzed, they wouldn't necessarily get a good sense of my musical taste. But like, I I don't want to come across as like, oh, I have to analyze all these songs I hate. And, and again, I don't know how you guys feel. I you don't, don't, speak for either you of don't. You don't come across like that. Yeah.
0: I think that my issue with this is it's it's less that I hate Doing these songs like I still enjoy some of these videos, but it's more that I feel locked into like kind of by this algorithm, I feel locked into, you know, perpetuating these systems and this canon in music that I don't really believe in or support, you know, like the kind of white dude, dad rock stuff, which, and again, I'm a white dude. I love a lot of dad rock. This is not like disparaging this stuff, but for a long time and for a lot of kind of my own history, I have felt like, you know, that was what was most interesting to me. But now I kind of, it's not that interesting to me anymore. And I feel like there's, so many, so many more exciting, interesting, weird things happening in music made by people that don't fit into that one kind of like very simple box. And as a result of not being able to talk about it, kind of the, I I sometimes feel like the algorithm is kind of forcing me into perpetuating this idea that you know, the best band yeah. ever was Led Zeppelin, and no queer people have ever made music except Freddie Mercury and Ellen. But yeah. you don't really talk <laughs> about the fact that Freddie Mercury is a queer man of color, or you don't really pay attention to this stuff, you know, like like, and there's no yeah. no woman except maybe Joni Mitchell. Like this this sort of stuff. That's what really gets to well, me Stevie about Stevie Nicks, yes, that but, too. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's so funny. You guys said that because <laughs> I, I was just sharing with my husband the other day, like, like how I wish I could make a video. And I know uh, Corey, you and I have talked about this, but yeah. I wish I could make a video about a female knowing that it would do well. But yeah, there, there yeah. just really aren't any. And and my husband was like, "What about Stevie Nicks?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, maybe because yeah. I mean, she was in Fleetwood Mac, and and that's a part of this whole classic rock scene. Plus, yeah. she's sexy." I think yeah. that has and to do with it.
1: I will say that even Stevie Nicks, like my landslide video did not perform like a lot of my videos do. Man. So like, and that's, that's landslide, right? Yeah. That's not like some obscure, like that it's landslide. Look at your viewership.
2: <laughs> you know? If you're like me, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think I, I'm proud of the fact that 16% of my viewers are women, but I'll bet your yeah, I'll bet yours aren't m- that high. Is that right? M-
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't looked in a while, but I, I, it's probably a couple points less than that, but it, Last time I looked, it was in that range. Yeah. Driven in large part by a lot of my viewership coming in through the uh, Welcome to the Black Parade video, which had an unusually high hmm. uh, female viewer count. This sort of ties. In. I think, you know, Noah and I have talked about this before. I, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but like at least in private conversations where on so on music YouTube, it feels like dad rock is the price of admission. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you you can do your other things and they'll they'll do fine. But like occasionally you just got to do a video on Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's not an option. Like every music YouTuber has done one. It's like it's just how it works. And then, <laughs> you know, there's. Actually, I, I don't know. I don't know if Amy's done No,
2: one. maybe that's why my channel isn't as big as yours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, it's like stuff like that. You've got to like, you got know, like comfortably numb and or some Pink Floyd song. It doesn't have to be that. One. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. There's just these artists you have to talk about and these, these songs and like Noah was saying, it reinforces this canon. Uh, but I think we sort of accidentally and this is my fault but i think we've drifted away from the topic of like performance specifically yeah that's true which i think amy wanted to cover so like yeah go ahead
2: the other thing i i think of is that i have looked at my other music youtubers channels the the ones that do perform and and write and um and it's the same across the board yeah their videos that are about that stuff are much lower views than than their breakdowns
1: the one space where i I think that's sort of you can get away with some of that stuff. And that I've seen a fair amount of people do is like challenges. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I think a lot of like what Andrew Huang does and a lot of what, or at least not so much anymore, but a lot of what he got famous for was like, you know, I'm making an entire beat out of, you know, sounds that I recorded in a in my garage or like, yeah, I don't know if he ever did that one. But like, I think the, like the thing Adam and Rob Scallon did fairly recently, where they like rented a studio together and taught each other the styles that they like Rob taught Adam to write a metal song and Adam taught Rob to play a jazz song. And so like, and you know, it's about making music, but the point isn't to make it's not just like I'm going to try and make the best song I can, right? Because mm-hmm. that's. It's like, here's this interesting challenge. Can you beat this? And then, you know, the actual music that comes out of it isn't really the point. Like as a metal fan, the metal song Adam made was not great. Like, (laughs) yeah, I I love you, Adam. If you're listening to this, it was fine for a first effort at metal. It was better than, you know, a lot of people would have done. But like the point wasn't that it was like, oh, now Adam has a single that he can release and is now an established (laughs) metal artist or anything.
2: (laughs) I'll have to watch that video. I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, yeah, the one thing I will say, Adam, if you're listening, please never try and metal scream like that again. Uh, <laughs> just as someone who knows proper technique on that sort of thing, it hurt. It hurt <laughs> my voice to hear that. I love you, but you know ah, that we'll, sounded really painful.
0: We'll timestamp this in text, Adam, yeah. because he needs to know that. <laughs> I think it's interesting because I think that like. This is kind of the way it, it, the way that this is, is sort of a reflection of like ongoing cultural trends of, I feel like, I don't really know why this has happened, but I feel like there's just been, in general, like less focus and interest on the craft of making music and the process of making music. Yeah. And I don't, I genuinely... Like, I don't know if that is a digital thing. I don't really know if there's a point where you could do that. But I do think there's a degree to which there's been a kind of like, like, I feel like pop cultural musical discourse. Music is such a broad, such a dynamic topic with like so much to talk about. But it's it's kind of like just forced into this tight little box of kind of like you know, specifically talking about popular music. Into any listeners here? By popular, yeah. I don't necessarily mean I, pop music. I mean, you know, popular. Yeah. And you the, mean the same thing. You mean every yes. time you say popular yes. music? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it's fair. It's Ghost Notes. We have to clarify. Yeah. I'm not sure I would agree that there's been a decline. Like I, I think of like I, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was like a this was a while ago now, but a viral like thing going around of just like uh, Ariana Grande just like in in the vocal booth just ad-libbing and writing vocal harmonies for her song, uh, as she was singing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so just, I think stuff like that is still interesting. I think the, the thing is that like, when we're looking at making music, what we want is stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and We're looking, we're looking for content in general. We want stories. Humans love stories. Uh, but like the thing about stories, especially like on YouTube or on whatever is there needs to be like a hook And there needs to be something that will sort of grab you and like make you, convince you that this is the story that you want to listen to. And so like that gives analysis a really easy way in because I can just be like, this is a song, you know, and like I'm going to tell you the story about it. Right. But whereas, you know. And similarly, challenges can play to a lot of those strengths, too, where it's just like, oh, that's a really interesting thing. How does this work? Or, you know, if you go back and look at like old timey reporting on like stories of music, they'll often be like, oh, here's something about a band, you know, and let's get into the recording studio with them and see how what their process is. But like, yeah, it it can be hard to sort of take like, oh, here's someone you don't already know making a song (laughs) and trying to sell that because like, what what is my hook that convinces me that? you know, and and this isn't necessarily, I don't know, I don't want to say that, like, what am I trying to not say? A lot of things. But like, I, I don't want to say that this is necessarily right or good or, you know, but I I get like the, the tendency to not want to take a risk on something like that. I mean, risk is a big word, but you know. Yeah. It's a very short word, but you know what I mean.
2: I do. And I think what you make me think of is like the perfection of music performance across, yeah. you know, across media right now, because, you know, if you scroll, if you're a music person like me, your Instagram feed is going to look like a lot of people blowing your mind with their Instagram posts musically. And that's probably why the Ariana Grande thing did well was because people do love to see genius. Yeah. And they love to yeah. see it polished and fast. They don't want to yeah. see me erasing, you know, telling you, "Oh no, no, no! This kind of chord didn't work right here." I You know, they don't want to. Yeah. They don't want to see the real work. And that's, you know, it's fine. Um, but I, I think that's, you know, becoming increasingly part of our culture is to want to see everything genius and polished.
0: Yeah, yeah. which I think is unfortunate. It's kind of not wanting to see the actual process is something that uh, Corey and I have both gotten this on videos, still get this all of the time when you analyze something uh, and people are like, well, maybe they just like wrote the song, you know, maybe they weren't thinking about (laughs) sounded stuff. Yeah, yeah. They just played what sounded good. And it's like that 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 mentality is so... I don't know if destructive is too harsh of a word, but it is it is very confining of music. And it it it's I feel like it's this positive feedback cycle where people want to believe that genius is just divine inspiration. (laughs) And so they don't seek stuff out that, you know, challenges and shows the process of this sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, Yeah,
1: the sort of like, you know, myth of like the song, the. Uh, there's a bunch of songs that are. Some of these are myths. Some of them aren't. But like, there's a bunch of songs that are like, you know, they wrote this in 15 minutes, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but mm-hmm. like the song that they spent two months writing, that's also pretty good. Slight tangent, but one of my one of my favorite times I've ever gotten that they just played what sounded good. Comment. Uh, was on my video about uh, the Imperial March, mm. which <laughs> that's played by an orchestra. <laughs> they, like they, a just full orchestra. they just vibe. <laughs> they just felt it, Corey. Yeah, John Williams just vibed that whole
2: thing <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's my hang up, too. It's not that I've never written a song in 15 minutes, and it's not that no. I've, I've never done something that, that sounds good pretty fast, you know, but... But I know that most people don't work that way. And so I don't want to, one thing I don't want to brag. Another thing I don't want to pretend to imagine that everybody out there who watches my channel can also, can also do that. I I want to show them, you know, in a way that makes it accessible. So, yeah, it's a little, little frustration, or not, not, not a frustration, but yeah, like a quandary of mine.
0: I think along with that, too, like the idea that somebody can just write it like, yes, somebody can just write a song in 15 minutes, but that... Doesn't exist in a vacuum. Being able to write a song yeah. in 15 minutes comes from years of practice writing songs, <laughs> listening to songs. You know, like like Bob Dylan is famously prolific. Bob Dylan is also has an encyclopedic knowledge of American folk music and spent like yeah. the early part of his life playing through all of these folk songs that he would then lift the tunes from when writing his songs. Like I think the. The, the idea, even when people do write songs in 15 minutes, they're not actually writing songs in 15 minutes. They're writing songs in 15 minutes, plus a lifetime of love and study yeah. of music. It's just hard to go, Going back to what Corey said about story, it's hard to conveniently narratively show a lifetime of writing and thinking about music.
1: Yeah, it's the question of like if True. they played what sounded good. How did they already know what would sound good? Yeah. but I think like another thing is like you know if you talk about and we're we're really hammering this writing in fifteen minutes thing, but that's because I I personally do not like it as yeah. like a mythologization. I don't know what that word is, but a myth. I, I'm gonna say that's a word now, uh, and we're just all gonna deal with it. But um, but that that sort of idea of that is like what does it actually mean to have written the song right like this black hole sun is a song that this gets said about uh where like chris cornell was this like driving and he came up with this while he was driving in like 15 minutes but like he then went and showed it to the band and the band made their own adaptations. They then recorded it in a studio with a producer who had their own stuff that was an engineer. Like a lot of a lot of other components went into what you hear as Black Hole Sun after Chris Cornell had, quote unquote, written it in those 15 minutes.
2: True. And the, the likely I mean, I don't know that story, but the likelihood of Chris yeah. Cornell hearing the harmony under the melody that he had written. Yeah. is not high while he was in the car. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, the car, the car is is a complicated place to be thinking about music. There's a lot of sounds. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's true. But, I, I do write a lot in my car, but um yeah. I was just thinking of uh, the Beatles "Get Back" video or not oh video, yeah, though, you know, movie yeah, right. We saw that song in the course of about a four or five hour, you know, <laughs> edit yeah. that we all got to be mm-hmm. privy to. We saw that song get written, and to me, that was you know one of the most fascinating parts of of that series was because. We, we already know what that song is. We know what a giant hit it was. Yeah. And to see Paul McCartney just fumbling through and grasping at straws was, I mean, freaking it's, fascinating, right?
0: It's That's one of my favorite things. I mean, this is a real tangent, but about like archival releases, like the Beatles anthology is great for that, where you see these like versions of f- songs that you know and love that just do not work, you know, that they're like, yeah, trying yeah, yeah, them or like there's like Dylan's bootleg series. Also, like there's there's uh, recordings out there of Dylan trying like a Rolling Stone in three, four time. And it, <laughs> it doesn't work, you know, like I. Yeah, I think that that stuff is it's so valuable. And I, I mean, I think that's why it's it's valuable to have people doing this and showing this stuff on YouTube because, like we said, it kind of deconstructs these myths. But also, like, growing up now, I mean, someone like Ariana Grande, you can actually go back and look at her early YouTube videos that are her singing on YouTube as a teenager. And it's it's a thing where, like, statistically, there's enough musicians on YouTube that Somebody is going to be somebody who is on YouTube, kind of like is a musician who is interested in showing their writing process and stuff like that is going to someday be a kind of massive culture changing star. But imagine if we had that documentation of that because there was a culture of any musician doing that.
2: Right. It's to the point now, like like I have a son who writes music and sings really well but he doesn't feel like the time is right for him to show the world that. And, yeah. and I think that I think that that's largely because there's this culture now of anybody who's brave enough to put their process up or, or put their songs up before they're really good um, is, yeah. is cringy.
1: Yes. Yeah, there's that. And there's yes. sort of like, even if it's not like actively cringy and people aren't sharing it to make fun of you, there's this sort of idea that like everyone out there, like if you publish anything online, anywhere, you are asking for feedback.
2: Yeah. Like, yes, and pretty much if I put you're, this you're out just, there.
1: I'm like, Hey, you're complete for stranger it. who found my video on YouTube, please break down in a five paragraph essay, mm-hmm. all of the things you think I did wrong. And so and yeah. that can be really demoralizing. If you're like, if you're not at a point where you're feeling really polished yet to sort yeah. of get a stranger, just being like, this sucks. Here's why. And you know, feedback is useful like that's not to say like but i think that there are it's more valuable to get feedback when you ask for it you know and yeah. i think there's this idea that publishing of are- publishing anything is asking for everyone's thoughts because like it, it's like social media but like you know it sort of it it's not that's not really the the platform but anyway
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think i think feedback is valuable i don't think that comment sections are ever really a meaningful no. you know venue no. for feedback <laughs> yeah
2: oh you know you know once once in a while but yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah no yeah. You, you do get them it's just like you you have to go really digging for them but like i, I have a strict yeah. policy of just like not offering unsolicited feedback on other people's work uh just like i have i may have thoughts but if people want my thoughts like a they're going to be much more accepting of them if they ask first and be like you know, I don't know what the sort of motivations behind the decisions they made are. So I it just, it's yeah, just easier to sit back and <laughs> be like, okay, I'm gonna either w- like watch and listen to your stuff or I'm not. But like, if you want to know why, you know, ask me. But yeah, like, it's just, it's some, almost never have I gotten like, because like I'll get people like emailing me sometimes, like their thoughts on my work. Yeah. If you're listening to this, don't do that. I don't like.
2: I'm not going to listen.
1: Like no matter, (laughs) no matter how, um, how well-intentioned it is, I'm just not going to listen. It's just not a good.
2: Yeah. The scary, scary part is if, if you respond, then they think that you've got this back and forth that's going to happen. And that, that that's been scary for me actually early in my channel. I got some, you know, some people that did that and then sent me inappropriate things and like, no. So I'm just not going to respond to your email. Yeah. easier yeah. that way uh, like, but that's a tangent
1: but yeah it's, it's yeah it's nothing nothing personal about like the feedback itself like that's it, not to say that like people don't but like it, it's just yeah it almost certainly like by the time something crosses your feed I don't know Like a, a big rule of mine for these sorts of things is just like you know if I don't point this out will someone else have already done it for me pretty and much always is, yes
0: Always, always yes by the time I yes, become aware yeah.
1: of it like Unless like we're like personally like close friends and I am the only person who's seen this video, <laughs> in which case you probably asked me for my feedback anyway. But like, you know, but in in almost every case on YouTube, someone else has already left the comment. That's right. And there's so a there's a just... thumbs
2: up reason or a button for yeah. a reason. Like if you if you think yeah. of something, just scroll. Somebody else has already said yeah. it. Hit the like. You know. Yeah. yeah. And
0: <laughs> I I think I think this th- this is kind of a tangent, but I do also think this. This ties into the ways that the platform, just by the nature of the platform, it makes it a hostile environment for people expressing kind of like personal vulnerability in their art on the platform, right, where personal vulnerability uh, doesn't sell as well and it opens you up to all kinds of really Mm. harmful, hurtful, and even dangerous attacks and things like that. Like the platform, the entire kind of way that the platform is designed is very counter to the goals that we're talking about when you're talking about doing your kind of compositional and performance stuff uh, on your channel. Hmm.
1: That's so true. And this, I think, Circles back to sort of the the central topic of like performance versus analysis, because putting your own music out there, like even if you're not showing the process, but just putting putting art that you made that expresses your own like feelings and emotions and everything that's vulnerable, that is making yourself open. Whereas sort of with analysis, it's much more easy to present yourself as sort of detached And just an expert (laughs) with a view from nowhere, which
0: Uh, doesn't exist, to be clear. Supposedly objective, right? Yeah,
1: this is, yeah, the the thing I've said, I I believe on this podcast before, certainly other places, is that, like, a lot of what my viewers want is for me to just, and not all my viewers, probably if you're listening to Ghost Notes, you're not the sort of viewer I'm talking about here, just to be clear. Uh, But, like, there's a significant portion of my audience that just wants me to say a song that they already know is good in a way that sounds objective enough that they can feel like their tastes are objectively good and they can feel better about their own opinions because I, a person who knows what secondary dominance are, said it was good. Mm -hmm. And so that this sort of does not, and and I, I try to combat that. And I do try and sort of put my own interpretations and, you know, when it's appropriate, I will sort of put some of my own vulnerabilities in as well and talk about like how this stuff ties in with my own experiences. But really, at the end of the day, that's not what's selling the analysis videos. And it's not really the point. Whereas like if I, if I were the sort of person who made a lot of my own music still, and I were to publish some of that, like that's all vulnerabilities, top to bottom. Yeah. Like, there's no getting around that. That's, and so it I sort mean, of becomes much scarier in addition to not necessarily being as successful. It just becomes a lot harder to justify that because you know what you're opening yourself up to.
0: I think one of the real kind of like secrets of being able to strike this balance is being able to backdoor people into. It's, this this yeah. sounds like manipulative, but basically backdoor people yeah. into watching content that they didn't think they wanted to watch. You know, like yep. one of my more <laughs> successful videos is my 27 club video where I open up about kind of like mental illness and talk about deconstructing this myth and stuff like that. But in order to do that, the price of admission is kind of being like, you know, throwing Kurt Cobain on the thumbnail and being like, oh, we're going to talk about these brooding, dark, mysterious 27 club. And then you kind of backdoor them and club them uh, across the head with, oh, actually, maybe this is a bad construction and we shouldn't be celebrating it.
2: Yeah, and then then you you opened up yourself too to to the kind of comment that is what was this thumbnail? You that's so clickbaity. I didn't yes. Think- yeah,
1: yes, yeah. I got I got that a lot. On I, I did a video about deconstructing the canon, uh, yeah. and I called it "Beethoven Sucks at Music." Attaboy. boy. <laughs> and the, the, the whole the whole point was to sort of take that and be like, well, look, let's look at your reaction to that because you saw that and were like, whoa, what's going on here? Like that's that's messed up, but like. Why? You probably don't care that much about Beethoven. Statistically, yeah. you don't listen to Beethoven that often. Most people don't. Well, which will uh,
2: validate the fact that they don't, if he sucks, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's just sort of Then I got a lot of people being like, "This the the title had nothing to do with the video, and I was like, then you did not understand the video.
2: That's right. Yeah.
1: But like, the, the way I often have, have described it in the past is sort of like meeting people where they are and then dragging them to where you want them to be.
2: Nice. Yeah.
1: So ha- having that sort of Again, it comes back to a hook of having having a way of getting because especially on YouTube, but like in a lot of places, you sort of you really have to get them very quickly. And on YouTube, this is like title and thumbnail is like the biggest thing. Like you can have the greatest video in the world, but if you upload it and it's titled like movie dot JPEG, the thumbnail is just (laughs) a random picture of a flower. It, It does not matter how good your video is. No one's clicking on it.
0: Yeah. but unless you're bill words unless well yeah
1: but <laughs> he he plays uh, by different rules
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's just it's just have, having something there that like i often think of it like i have to get you in the door and then my intro is about me sort of taking how i got you in and connecting that to what i'm trying to do and then from there i'll just let go just go whatever wherever direction i want and trust that you will follow me as long as you're interested yeah. but like i have to get you in that door first and that's again that's hard to do when what i'm trying to get you in the door on is like i made a piece of art yeah i made a song i want you to listen to it i want to show you how i did it because you know it because i you have to have a hook for the story and the story is so personal that it's hard to hook
0: That's why another 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 kind of like compositional like video that does have success is people doing off genre covers of songs that already exist. Or, you know, like Adam does reharmonizations or things like that. Right. Where it's like it's showing my process through the context. This thing you already know.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And it also sort of gives it, like, the sort of cross-genre cover stuff gives it this inherent sense of detachment, too, right? Where, like, yeah, yeah. you know, if I'm doing, like, oh, it's a metal cover of uh, someone like you by Adele or something, and it's like, okay, well, that that's just a very silly idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, and anything and so, anybody might think about it, you can always have an out yeah. by saying, yeah, but this is, it's my metal thing, right? Like, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, Like, yeah, it, it's a joke, right? Like, yeah. there's this sort of like this def- d- defensive of like, oh, it, I'm, I was just playing around. This is just for fun. That's right. Whereas, you know, if, if it's like a song that you poured your heart and soul into that yeah. like <laughs> conveys something uh, deeply emotional and personal to you.
2: To the, but You were t- talking about, you know, having a hook and a thumbnail and a title. That's something that I feel like I've gotten better at over the last year since I joined the Nebula community, because we kind yeah. of help each other to, to get good at that. Like one of the most vulnerable things, and, and you've said it, is when you share an original composition. And, and I've always done yeah. it. Like ever since I joined YouTube, any album I put out, any single I put out, I... I make a a video of that single, you know. Sometimes yeah. it's a footage in the studio that I cut together and make it like a music video or, or whatever, but I've always known that it's going to get far less views than than my other videos yeah. i just like it makes me wonder should i give it another shot with the next single i put out having some kind of hook and thumbnail to <laughs> do, <laughs> i don't know do i suck at yeah. music and then put my new song i don't know <laughs> right like
0: <laughs> just write a song called do i suck at music
2: <laughs> <laughs> that way it's not clickbait <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes you have insecurities because because you know yeah I think okay so I guess my song's not that great like not that many people wanted to listen to it yeah. it can make you feel that but also yeah. I am kind of a personality type that just doesn't give a crap sometimes so
0: yeah so I could I, can, I can do
2: it like I don't know I'm confident enough yeah. in my own like Happiness in other parts of my life. If this fails, like, so what? But
0: on that point, also, like, that's another thing where the platform also goes in and needles you in on that because of that, the friggin' analytics page where it's like, yep. oh, not as many people are watching these videos. You should feel shitty about yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. um,
1: <laughs> and I've said it before and I'll say it again. You should just hide analytics across the platform. There are browser extensions for that. Everyone should do it <laughs> yes, if you're doing yeah. YouTube.
0: <laughs> yeah. What I was going to say is like, I think one of the things for myself that I've... I feel lucky in that I've been able to sneak art stuff in because my real kind of like art in like like the artistic medium that I work in is motion design and like... It's interesting because these days, I mean, I still I'm still interested in music, but it's I've said for a year or two now, like I'm far more interested in doing dynamic visual stuff. And it's this weird I, I feel like it's uh, a similar just like on an artist level, like I want to just be able to post videos that are just weird visual experiments that I come up with because I do those things all of the mm. time. But the demands yeah. of the platform n- necessitate that I kind of take those weird visual experiments and shove them into a box of talking about music and that is kind of like you were saying of you know almost like like sneaking like you know saying do I suck as music at music as a thumbnail is like (laughs) like that's kind of what I'm doing with my videos where I'm like hey I'm gonna tell you here's here's a you know I'm gonna talk about Led Zeppelin but I'm also going to you know display my several last months of experimenting to get film grain effects to look natural on YouTube's compressed bullshit. Like it's very, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very kind of weird, like yeah. dance.
1: Yeah. And like, I think, so when, when you talk about that sort of stuff, the, the reaction you often, or I don't know you specifically, but like when, when YouTubers do the responses often like, Oh, just start a second channel and just put stuff there. Yeah. But it's just like this stuff takes a lot of time and it takes a yep. lot of effort and it's just, you know, it, it's sort of, because of how much time it takes and because this is our job, it's sort of like we have to at some level, if we're going to spend months experimenting on getting film grain to look natural on YouTube, like, you know, which which we've all done. We've all been there. Uh, but like, uh, It just sort of has to be for a purpose. Like this is too much time to be a hobby when it's already yeah. also our job. And so like, yeah. the, there's an extent to which like, yeah, I could a, a video like – you know amy if you were to like publish like your next single video on your channel it probably wouldn't do as well as your other videos but if you were to publish it on a side channel it would do even worse and so like <laughs> there's still that that desire to get this in front of the people who want to uh. see what you're doing even if like a lot of them won't watch it there'll still be some people who do watch your videos and that's and you know and that's you know not to say that you shouldn't want more people to watch it either but like there's still this you, you I think one thing that YouTube is very perniciously effective at, just destroying your ability to understand scale. Mm. Like, yes. There's a thing I, that I deal with a lot where like, you know, over the last year or so, my videos start like started performing a lot better than they used to and I was hitting something like 100,000 views on most videos. And then like a couple months ago, that sort of came crashing down because I'd tried to talk about rock bands with female lead singers. Yeah. What were you, you know, thinking?
0: That, that what never goes sin. well, but um, how could you how dare like, you, know, dare you can, you. How you dare can see you.
1: it so clearly. If you look, it's like, you know, things like in the like either high five digits or low six digits over and over. And then the heart video comes out and is down in like, you know, 30,000, 40,000 something. Yeah, uh, and it's just it's such a and then it continues just like nuts. that. It's, it's such
0: a clear drop. That's, uh, you deserve and, it for treating women as people. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, that's sarcasm. To be clear, don't clip no. that out of context.
1: No, clip that in context only. <laughs> but the thing is like 30,000, 40,000 vit- people watching a video, that's yeah. still a lot of people. Like, that's it's so easy to lose track of that. Yeah,
0: I have a very clear memory once of going to a hockey game because um, I'm Canadian and we do that, uh, but sitting in like a sold-out <laughs> arena of 20,000 people, and I remember having this visceral moment where I was like, if every one of these people watched one of my videos, I would consider that video a failure. Like, like yeah. if 20,000 people, <laughs> if a video gets only 20,000 views from me, I'm like, that's that's a bad video. So, so like, if an entire stadium of people watched my video and Nobody else. I would be like, I would, I would lose sleep over that, which is yeah. and it's it's stupid. And
2: we're hitting yeah. like, I mean, that is true. The stadium experience has hit me several times, but um, yeah, maybe we're losing track of like. I don't, I, I don't really want to focus on how it makes us feel. Yeah, no, it, fair, fair. That's yeah, true. but. It, I mean, it's easy to do because that's who we are we're yeah. here oh, yeah, here no, together. It's easy thing we to spend a
1: lot of time thinking about, but you're, yeah, you're absolutely right.
2: But, but also on why it's the problem. And, yeah, but yes. I, I mean, I think we did talk about that at the beginning, but there are channels that's, that exist on covers. Like, like, do you know, Josh Turner, yeah. Josh Turner makes amazing sounding covers of, of songs and some originals. Every video is going to do great, you know, um, I think there's something to do with a man and a guitar that sells, yep. uh, and I yeah. I didn't really I didn't really think about that until um, recently. I was I was working with an animator who wanted to have a female in his you know movie he's making or whatever play a song sitting in a window and and so i recorded the song that i wrote for that playing piano and singing he was like all right i i was going to draw her with a guitar but since it's piano all right, here here's the drawing of the piano what do, what do you think and then he ran that by some colleagues of his and they said hmm they're like there's something much less intimate about a girl sitting at her piano than there is about a girl sitting with her guitar and I never thought about it yeah. until he said it, yeah. but he's right. There's like, yeah, no, that sounds, yeah. there's like some sounds whole, right. classy, rich kind of, you know, element to a, 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 yeah. a woman at a piano yeah. that where you could just bring your guitar to the woods if you want.
1: Yeah. That's like a, the scale, I think is a huge thing because a guitar you can hold in your hands. And so it sort of feels.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Feels more intimate.
0: It's so interesting, though, because like when I think of like I think I think you're right in terms of the visual thing. But aesthetically, when I think of the most like kind of intimate music out there, I think of like, you know, Joni Mitchell's Blue or Tapestry by Mm -hmm. Carole King, like which are like women at pianos. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Maybe my, yeah. my uh, theory is wrong, but I mean, and not but, to put down Josh Turner either. I think I watch his videos. I think they're amazing. Just, uh, I don't know if that's been my little theory.
0: I think you're very right that there is a, a yeah visual incongruence there. Right. 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 Like the visuals are not yeah. always the same. Like it's kind of like, like, uh, you know, like the harp as an instrument, um, sounds so beautiful but when you see a harp you know there are you know harps can <laughs> look very graceful but they're huge clunky things yeah right yeah. like like they're yeah, you're sort of they're, like supporting it yeah. with your shoulder and and yeah. and i think you're you're getting at something there with like the the fact that in its nature youtube is a visual platform right and yeah. that there is there is yeah. a difference between like like the visual present. And that goes into like the thumbnail and stuff like that, too. Like even even when you look at a lot of the people who are more successful doing like kind of like metal stuff or something like that, it's like, you know, metal hands look like metal hands in their thumbnail, right? Like it's it's pretty uh, that's a that's a pretty distinct visual style that people can lean on to kind of try to pull people into their um, into their content.
1: Yeah. And I think with Guitar specifically, it sort of also has this sort of cultural cachet as like the people's instrument, right? Like it's yeah, mm-hmm. this, it's very, like so many people learned to play guitar in high school yeah, or you know, middle school or whatever. They just sort of like picked it up and, you know, you learn a couple chord shapes. It's and comfortable.
2: It's familiar. You can play
1: Wonderwall and it's, yeah. And so like a, a lot of that too, I think, therefore translates to YouTube as this sort of not accessibility, but it's like, you know, you can see yourself in it. Like, right? yeah. like, like I can see someone playing, I can't even play guitar, but I can see someone playing guitar and it can feel like something I could do. It feels very casual. It feels very laid back. Whereas like I see someone like, like Amy Nolte or Nare Sol at a piano and it's just like, okay, but you're, you're incredible at this. Like, how could I, how could I relate to that sort of thing in a way that I, I don't feel with guitar most like, know simple guitar right like when you look at someone doing like intense metal shredding or whatever i look at that i was like i can't do that but like like if you look at someone just like playing a simple like four chord progression on guitar it feels like something i could do even though i can't Hmm. yeah but it it sort of feels relatable and accessible in that way as well
0: and i think i think like the guitar and singing as well i think there's a, a lot of people do well yeah on having like a very specific kind of, you know, like, you know, specific kinds of vocal habits and things like that. And, you know, vocal aesthetics perform very well because they create that. Yeah, that kind of perceived intimacy of, oh, it's yeah. just like, you know, it's just like me and, you know, my friends hanging around a campfire. And it's just yeah. like it's like he's just singing a song to me on a ca- at, around a campfire.
1: Yeah, everyone has a voice, so... Yeah. You can relate to people using their voices.
2: True. I think there is a... Like, you mentioned Nare, and I think a lot of people do like to watch Nare for the simple virtuosity aspect, too. Yeah. Like, people do like to watch people on their instruments being amazing. Yeah. That'll always do well, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think that's a, a big part of what Adam does, too. Like, not, not a big part, but, like, there's a lot of, like... Adam Neely stuff where it's just like, look at me, just like shred like a 1316 at like 300 beats per minute on my bass. And it's like, yeah, that's cool.
0: I think this is the thing, though, is people want to watch amazing in a certain in a way that reinforces their kind of idea of what is amazing. Like people yeah, people don't want to watch Ornette Coleman play. You know, people want to watch someone who can play something that fits within a kind of cultural idea of what musical genius looks like. And we have these certain markers of, you know, weird time signatures. That's one that is is a marker of that or, you know, complex like finger picking patterns. That's one that's a marker of it. But there are a lot of things that are like really, really incredible. Like Hank Williams is an incredible guitarist who 80 percent of his songs are 12 bar blues in E. Right. And it's like that's Hank Williams is virtuosic at guitar for the way he's able to get tone, the way he's able to convey narrative, the way that he has command over the instrument. But it's in a much more subtle way than, you know, like. Ingvy Malmstein or something like that, who people love yeah. to watch someone do a bunch of sweet picking or something like that. It's our idea of what counts as virtuosic is very culturally bound.
1: So true. Yeah. And our desire for virtuosity in the first place. Like, I think this sort of, yes. again, to try and bring this back to like performance videos and stuff like that, I think that, you know, if, if you make a song that is like deeply personal and meaningful and is sort of expressing something emotional and important to you, you know, I, that's not to say you can't also do virtuosic stuff, but like, it's not necessarily the focus. And so yeah, like, if I go click on a video of like, here's the song I made about like, you know, again, something really important to me, then it's, I, I don't necessarily go in expecting that you will do things that meet my sort of, stylistic markers for like this is impressive even if like it's even if i like the song and so it's harder again to sort of sell that because i'm coming in wanting you to show off instead of just to tell me something true yeah
2: yeah noah's point too about like ornette coleman or whatever like (laughs) like i i would watch Ornette Coleman shred, you know. Oh my because god. I, for
0: days, right? <laughs>
2: like for days, yeah. But it's funny, like one of my like nightmares as a musician is that people that I'm that I'm close to in my life, like not necessarily in a music way, will send me a video of something they want me to watch because they think it's musically amazing. But (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's the worst because you have to respond to them and be like, oh, I'm so glad you thought of me. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I was just going to say it. It it circles back to I mean, everybody has different tastes about what they find amazing, what they find beautiful. And I guess it it, to circle back to when you asked me what my channel was about, I, I did say anything that interests me. And
0: yeah,
2: I mean, that's, that's my answer. Like, so, I mean, I guess if I, if I'm going to keep at this and I plan to, I, I'm just going to continue to do that. So, so there it is, you know, like, yeah, it's me.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. And I, I I often like, even outside of like people that I know I will often get stuff from like viewers. They're just like, you should make a video about this. And uh, like, I'll look at the thing and (laughs) I was like, I, I'm just not interested And like, that's not to say like, I'm never interested in suggestions people send me, but it's just, I, I'll get these things, you know? So this is clearly something that's really important to this person yeah. and they have something that's really, that they have a deep, meaningful connection to. Either, you know, it's some, something something they read about that they thought was really interesting or it's a song that they love. And like, I, I take those seriously, but like more often than not, it's something where I just look at it and it's like, I am not the person to make this video. Yeah. Like, right. I understand why this video might want to be made but i need to care so much more than i do in order for this video to be made by me and it's just cuz i think like i think the best art and the best videos come from a place of deep passion and really really loving and caring about the thing you're talking about or, or you know being some sort of like being frustrated potentially but like having a strong emotional attachment to it yeah. and like, i think in videos as in songs as in all art but you know you, you have to have that and sometimes it's like The best response I can give is like, you should make the video about this instead, because clearly you care a lot more than I do. (laughs) But I can't say that necessarily because that don't go over well.
0: I say that frequently. Yeah. (laughs) What you're getting at, too, is also just one of the big paradoxes about the whole thing we're talking about in the first place, where the the in terms of quality, the best videos come from a place of passion. But in terms of performance. Oh, yeah. Completely different performance in terms of like like, YouTube performance, like algorithmic performance, in terms of pulling numbers, like...
1: The best videos come from being about Stairway to Heaven, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. well, and yeah, you need to try to find the overlap between, like, okay, what can I be passionate about in a way that, you know, what yeah. can I be passionate about that people will watch? And so much, yeah. so much good art is lost because of that, you know, that drive. And I think that drive exists, you know, it's it exists in any form of art. It is the age old, like, you know, do you sell out versus do you do, you know, the Berlin trilogy or whatever? But I think it's amplified under the lens of algorithmically generated and driven content.
1: There's definitely that pressure and then that sort of, you know, it's self-fulfilling in a way and also not like it's not entirely self-fulfilling but there's an extent to which like you know there's something to be said for you know like Amy's approach of just like making the videos she wants to make and putting them out there and seeing what happens over and over because like I got this a lot fairly early on on like my song analysis videos and I I probably still do I just don't read the comments as much anymore but like I I would just title them like understanding song yeah and like, it wouldn't be like, you know, a analysis of the harmony and composition of or whatever. Like, so I would get a lot of people coming in and be like, I thought this was going to be about the lyrics, but I, like this is a really cool thing that I didn't know existed. And so sort of there's this, again, this sort of paradox where like you you need to do things that people will click on, but it also helps to try and get them to click on things they didn't know they wanted. And yeah. that there's still a lot of value. And, you know, and to, to an extent, like, I mean, I guess sort of thinking about... So this is a slight tangent, but it was a thing I'd been thinking about coming into this that I never got around to mentioning. But another sort of performance approach of like making videos that I have seen be fairly successful is sort of doing that as an extension of vlogging. Right. Like like Dodie, for instance, is Mm -hmm. sort of is someone who does a lot of like videos just about her life. And then sort of and she is a musician and so she uses that as a platform to also do music. Mm
2: hmm. Lucky Doty, she's got like females watching.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that that sort of makes it gives gives you another sort of like pathway into that where it just like, you know, you get people in again. It's sort of like meeting people where they are and dragging them where you want to be, but at sort of a more macro scale of like getting people invested in you as a person. And then using that interest to sort of become the hook, right? Like people who watch like Dodie's singles are partly watching that because they want to see what Dodie's doing. So she sort of becomes... Because a lot of the thing is like, you know, for an analysis video, like I have a song that I can pull from that has name recognition. I can be like, this is a video about Stairway to Heaven. And people will be like, oh, I know that song. I'm going to check that out. But I can't like make a video where I make Stairway to Heaven because someone else already made Stairway to Heaven. It's already a song. So, like, I if I want to make my own original music, I sort of, I can't rely on that.
2: Unless you do it as a polka.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I Just do,
0: kidding.
1: That is that is my area of expertise is um, you might be stepping on someone's toes there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think, I think there might, might be an artist but, that does that. I've, I've yeah, I feel like it sounds familiar. <laughs> the other thing with that is if you do again, if you do blog content uh, and a lot of people do and a lot of people it, it's great, but that yeah. also opens you up to a whole kind yeah. of other host of things that I don't think should be the price of admission for being a musician that wants to talk about your music right like I think that's that's one of the big things is just the fact that you know like like blog content is fantastic and there's a lot of people that do really really great blog stuff but but also like I do think it's okay for an artist to want to be vulnerable, but also to not have to share every inch of their life with someone to get someone interested in that. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I, yeah. But it's just sort of like, you know, it is hard to find the hook. And so mm-hmm.
2: I mean, Adam like, does a great job of that. Adam just released a, yeah. a vlog of their European tour. And um, yeah.
1: Look, I, yeah, I looked at that one. It, you know, it, it didn't do terribly for him, but it didn't do Adam numbers. No, it didn't. <laughs>
2: and I think he even used the hook of, we taught the audience to clap in 516. Yeah. Something like that, which was smart, and they did. But yeah. yeah, I love to watch his vlog videos, but I also
0: love Adam, so... We could all gush about Adam. Great, dude. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk about, like, a cult of yeah. personality, like... I think he's someone that has figured out a way to do a lot of this stuff on the platform, and I think it's... I'm. I, I'm endlessly impressed by that. Like, I think he yeah. it, I, I'm sure if he was on here, he would have his own gripes. But it does often feel like he's found some ways to have his cake and eat it, too, which is really great for him. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Not to mention his Q&A videos, right? Oh,
1: Those are yeah, amazing. I, I don't know how he manages to like get views on Q&A yeah, videos. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, now he does I, it with he'll just take the topic of one of the cues. And put it yeah. put it as his thumbnail, like the most interesting thing. And then you don't even know you're going to watch a Q&A video until it. Oh, uh, this yeah. is a Q&A yeah. a video. That was so smart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's very good at playing the yeah. game. He plays <laughs> he plays the YouTube game. Well, yeah. Yeah. So this has been the Adam Neely cast. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of people who don't play who play the game very well who I don't like as people. Adam Neely is also a, just yeah. a pretty great dude. So yeah,
0: very true. If you don't like me, you can just say it outright, Corey. <laughs> well,
1: it's only have, only, in only in multiple his
0: videos. I've tried to start so many fights with Adam, <laughs> and he's
1: always responded just so like reasonably. It's infuriating. Uh, uh, <laughs> but
2: he should never metal scream again.
1: Yes. No. Well. He should talk to me or someone else who knows how to do it before he does it again. <laughs> that would be a great video.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, can I learn got, to metal scream?
1: The thi- yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a complete tangent, but the thing about metal screaming is if you do it wrong enough once, you can permanently damage your voice, so...
2: I would never try. That scares, yeah. It, scares me. Whew.
1: Yeah. It sounds from videos he made afterwards that his voice is okay, but anyway... <laughs>
0: <laughs> on that note, I think that we've, true to Ghost Notes fashion, went on a number of tangents. But we've been talking yeah. for some time. Do you have Do you have any more uh, any more thoughts that you wanted to bring up on this topic, Amy?
2: I think I just would encourage all of us to try to be fans of of people's art and not just their breaking yes. down of right. art.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think that that's a that's a no, I think fantastic way of putting it.
1: I mean, an important part of being able to break down art effectively is just loving art. Yeah. So the more music you listen to, the better you will be as a music analyst.
2: Absolutely. You guys, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yeah. Thanks Thanks for coming coming on. on. This was really, it was really delightful to talk. Yeah. Where can people find you if they wanna if they wanna go appreciate your art?
2: They can go to Spotify or Apple Music or any other place that. You know where you can stream. That's a good spot. You can always go to my website. I've got my gigs posted. Um, soon I'll be in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, performing with a trio at the Cola Jazz Fest. That's on September 24th. I'm looking forward to that. Playing with Brett Bellinger and Justin Varnes in a trio setting. I always play as a quartet with a guitar, but this time just just piano trio.
0: So that'll be really oh. fun. That's exciting. Awesome. Well, I hope that goes well for you. Thanks so much. Yeah,
1: best of luck with that.
0: And yeah, thank you so much for yeah. coming on the podcast. You don't need to know where to find Corey, and I don't watch our stuff. Yeah, watch Amy's just, instead.
1: No, <laughs> it's not worth it. No, you yeah. keep
2: putting out what you put out, and I'm such a fan <laughs> of both of you for different thank reasons. You. And I, I love that you're good, good <laughs> friends you. in making this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd I'd be a little concerned if someone was a fan of us for the same reasons, because I think the overlap of (laughs) what we do is actually content wise, not really much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. Take care.
2: Bye.